It's six o'clock. It's Friday night. It's time for the joke or not joke workshop. It's time for happy hour, the happiest hour of two hours of comedy of open mic on the radio, streaming live, mutinyradio.fm in .sf. We are here. We have a full room of comics. It's super exciting. We're going to do four-minute sets at three minutes. You'll hear the horn. It means you got a minute left. And uh, we've got... It's it's going to be really great tonight. I'm super excited for everyone that's here. And thanks for listening. And thanks so much for your uh, generous donations to our Mutiny Radio Venmo. Keeping the doors open here in our mission storefront as uh, San Francisco changes. And um, I'm super excited about your, your first comedian. I love um, her accent. You're like my, now my second favorite. I also, now there's two of you. Um, the other, Vicky Kozl, she's my other favorite Russian or Ukrainian. I'm not sure. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you're awesome and funny and such a good writer. Put your hands together for your first comedian, everybody. Marina Petrova. Thank you, Pam. Uh, yes, I was born in Russia, but I only bomb at the open mics. <laughs> Uh, I, I live in California. My mother lives in Russia. So this year's Mother's Day was easy. She got sanctions. Uh, growing up, she never told me that she loves me. And at first I thought, you know, that makes sense. My brother was born first. Maybe she's not one of those mothers who are polyamorous. Uh, then I thought, uh, I overheard when I was small that after she had me, she had postpartum depression, which is a condition you have when you have a child in Russia. <laughs> and uh, I overheard that a doctor told her to go on vacation, uh, get drugs, and cheat on my father. And I asked her immediately, can I see that prescription? <laughs> I, I, I have high hopes that this doctor might prescribe me baby formula with Prozac. You know, because obviously I needed, I needed it badly. Uh, then I thought, well, my mother is a career woman. Maybe she's too busy to tell me that she loves me. Let me tell you, not all devils wear Prada. Some wear stretched out t-shirts and uh, stained sweatpants. Uh, so she never told me she loves me, but I don't give up hope. I still hope someday she'll tell me I'm adopted. Um, when uh, She didn't give me any heads up about periods. Um, and I don't know what thoughts you have when you start bleeding from your body for no apparent reason. Any suggestions? Uh, I thought this is not good. And I went to my mother mostly to say my goodbyes. And uh, she threw pads at me and said, uh, you're an adult now, fun is over. And I asked her, are you gonna explain to me when was it that I ever had fun? Uh, my uh, least favorite thing about my mother is her porn preferences. She was really into reading all of my sex scene and uh, she read my section with my first boyfriend, she's, and she said, well, I'm ashamed of who I raised. I said, I'm desperate for love, and I'm 25. <laughs> and uh, I'm not ashamed of my sexting. This, uh, it's very cute when it's your first love, so that it went something like that. Your chest hair is like a mink fur coat on a cold Siberian night. 
your pico is so big, it's, it's wet and cold and bumpy. I want to eat mashed potatoes from your buns of Stalin. Actually, I do want to eat some mashed potatoes right now. Jeez, I'm going very, very fast through my stuff. Um, uh, my mother changed, uh, so now these days when she calls me, um, she tells me they never upgraded from my room for anything like a TV room or a gym room. And this is, by the way, just for the purpose of this joke. You realize I grew up in Russia, I had no room of my own. So uh, she tells me, look, we never changed anything. It's still there for when you fail in the US because nobody needs you in the US and here you have your family. And uh, I remember the fact that I have no early childhood photos. So now I can respond to her objection here say, all right, that's all I had, thank you. Marina Petrova, proving that there is no feminism in Russia because you weren't allowed to have a room of one's own. There's no Virginia Woolf there at all. They don't know who she is. All right, your next comedian. It's her triumphant return from the southern hinterlands. And I have a question before you go up. Does the water actually cycle the other direction? When it goes in the sink, does it twist down in the other direction? And the toilets, do the toilets swirl in the other direction? Because it's on the other side of the earth or whatever, right? Oh, okay, okay fair, 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 fair. <laughs> Your next comedian tries not to look in the toilet. I don't know what that would be metaphorical of, but put your hands together, everyone, for Denise Lee. Yeah. Yes, I just I just got back from South Africa. Uh, I went backpacking there. I had a really big backpack and also a 50-pound suitcase, but, you know, <laughs> backpacking. Uh, I went to South Africa for a wedding, and uh, when, I, when I heard about this wedding, I was super excited at first because uh, my friend's fiancé currently attends Harvard Business School, and I was like, oh my God, half the people there are going to be from Harvard Business School. This is my chance at financial security, right? Except when I showed up, I found out that everyone there was already in a relationship. And I told my friend who was getting married, I was like, oh, not a lot of not a lot of people come into this wedding alone, huh? And he was like, yeah, usually if you're traveling across the world for a wedding, if you're by yourself, you know, you're kind of weird. And I was like, I'm here by myself, so... But but it was pretty cool because when because I had you know I had I had worn like a really like tight dress I had been like dehydrating myself all day long for this wedding and as soon as I found out there were no single people there I just immediately like let myself go you know like truly I just stopped sucking in. <laughs> I feel like a lot of men don't understand that that is male privilege there. <laughs> um, no, people, people are always like, oh, you know, like, why are you sucking in? Like, you know, you have abs. And I'm like, yeah, you would too if you were clenching 24 hours a day. <laughs> you know? 
Uh, but I really like weddings because you learn a lot at weddings. And at this particular wedding, I had a lot of wisdom gained uh, in the bathroom of the wedding venue. Uh, what happened was uh, I'm an introvert, right? Which just means that I spend most of my time at weddings hiding in the bathroom stalls. That's what happens. And this group of girls walked in and I heard one of them just go, ugh, all I want right now is to poop. <laughs> And another girl goes, oh, if you need a poop, just take some Molly. And I'm not a doctor or a medical professional, <laughs> but I feel like Molly may be a little extreme. I was like, I think there's more like cheaper alternatives <laughs> to your gastrointestinal issues. But basically what happened after that was my Google search history was just all searches of does molly help you poop it does apparently it does <laughs> i was like all right i'm ready to try some uh before i left for south africa i was pretty burnt out from work and i kind of saw this as like a vacation opportunity you now uh, and when i landed in johannesburg i had to go through customs and the customs officer was asking all these questions right he was like what's the purpose of your travel is it for business and i was like no and he was like oh is it for fun and i was like what is fun anymore <laughs> you know i was like i haven't had fun in 28 years i'm just here for a wedding and he was like i'm gonna put down you're here for fun and then i was just like yeah i don't know man like i just i just really don't know why i'm here like i'm super stressed about work and i just don't know what to do and he was like just have fun he was like when you die and you become a ghost the fun times are all that matter. And I was like, dude, you're just a customs officer at the Johannesburg airport, but I wish you were my therapist. <laughs> you know? All right, thank you so much. Denise Lee, everyone. That was amazing. So the reason that Molly helps you poop is that <laughs> Well, it's that when you do poop, you don't care anymore that people would hear you or that you have to, or that someone, it just doesn't matter. You're like, ah. so one time I was at Burning Man and I had to use the porta potty to go number two. And I went in there and I got out of there and I was like, thank God I was on ecstasy. Otherwise, there's no way I would have been able to handle that porta potty. Because you're just like, oh, poo is so funny. Look at it down there. It's everyone's. Oh, the world is one. A pile of poo. Yeah, hey man, if you want to know about drugs, you came to the right place. Your next comedian, what a joy and wonderment he is. He's one of the showrunners during the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Put your hands together for Jared Senna. Yay! Hey guys, my name is Jared. I also came from a wedding. Uh, same wedding, actually. Not there to uh, celebrate, but there to sell Molly. <laughs> Turns out it's like a big hit at weddings. <laughs> Everybody needs to poop at weddings. Oh, it's great. It's great. Great. Made a lot of money. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, yesterday I did an open mic, but when I was doing it, the edible I ate hit me during my performance, and I would not recommend eating a whole edible right before you do stand-up 
Because, like, I'm fine with bombing, but when you're bombing off an edible, it feels like the every time you say a bad joke, the audience is just going to get up and just start beating the shit out of you. Like, that's, that's how fucking... That's, that's how bad it felt like to be on... Uh, anyway, that's just a stupid thought I had. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm a I'm a big supporter of LGBTQ plus rights. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? It's San Francisco. I say uh, uh, I do a lot of activism based on uh, based on gay causes. Uh, it. It all started when I was in college. I dated a few bisexual women. It was a very enlightening period for me. Uh, I learned to be more supportive of LGBTQ plus issues, and uh, my ex-girlfriends realized that they don't really like men. So, uh, so you know, uh, so you know, it's great, and that's my activism. Actually, I just uh, make women realize that that they don't like men by being just such a piece of shit. Uh, I'm like the prime demographic for like bisexual women or for like ugh. Ah. fuck I'm like I'm like the prime demographic uh, of men that bisexual women want like like I'm short I have short hair and I have a septum piercing I look like a lesbian basically <laughs> I'm like the gateway drug to being a lesbian, if you think about it, really? Okay, great, great, great. Uh, I love the city. I came from the suburbs. That shit was so boring. I love the city. There's just so much interesting shit happening. Uh, well, I was, I, today, I was taking a nap on BART, and I woke up and I, because a homeless man was fighting someone. I looked up to see like who that homeless person was fighting, and it turns out he was fighting his own reflection in the mirror. <laughs> It was like really intense. Like he was bleeding, he was screaming. I like to think that like like the person he was before saw himself in the mirror. Like he saw who he was on the outside. So he's like fighting himself. Very poetic. Poetic. Oh yeah. Uh so I'm a Gen Z person, so I grew up with like a screen attached to my face for most of my life. Um, I, I'm not really like worried about any mental health side effects because I'm pretty grateful for all the, all the resources the internet has provided me. And guys, when I say resources, I really just mean porn. I'm really grateful for all the porn provided to me. Like I can't imagine what it's like to grow up in the '90s and having no access to porn. I was talking to one of my older friends, and he told me that at one point he had no access to porn, so he just drew a picture and masturbated to it. I'm not. I'm not willing to do that. Like, like, like. This guy is a savant. I'll give this guy credit. He's like a savant at drawing. So like, it, the drawing ended up turning really good. But I think porn is a really good thing. I don't care what anybody says because I would rather like you watch a video about stepmoms than you drawing your own stepmom. This guy could draw boobs from memory, guy. Guys, we're working on that joke. All right, give it up for Pam. Yay, Memory Boob is going to be the name of your first band. <laughs> Memory Boob. Jared Senna, everyone. Yay. Yay. Moving right along, right down the list. Um, 
So your next comedian, clap your hands together, everybody, for Joshua Smith. Yay! The sting from a killer bee, kicking the battery out the back of the Thank you. Thank you. How's, every, how's everyone doing? So working on some new stuff. Um, this is actually true. A, a friend of mine I hadn't talked to in a long time. He's British and he lives in England. And he sent me a text that uh, the uh, the Queen had died, and 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 I said um, um, I had heard, and and uh, I don't know really what you're supposed to say when the Queen dies. Um, and the, in fact, the closest thing I can think of to a queen dying in this country recently was maybe Louis, when Louis Anderson died. But anyway, he didn't laugh either. But um, um, as I, I notice, uh, as uh, I, I've gotten older, and or as I get older, uh, my one of the things that, that really break broken down the most for me recently is my hearing is just not what it used to be. And give you an example is uh, I was... Uh, dating this woman and uh um you know we're making love and you know she starts uh saying things to me and i just said what and you know after the second time I, that can be a really a mood breaker and and just and i said yes i love you you're amazing and um the next day she uh i she shows up at my apartment and she's got a, a bunch of boxes and suitcases and so what are you doing and she said you, last night you told me it was okay to move in. So um, I, I think I need to try a hearing aid and, and figure that out. But um, um, I do uh, have three kids. Um, thank you. Anyone else uh, here have kids? No, not. Yep, good, good one. Um, I did find that um, when you go through the childbirth process um, and you're in and, and your wife is in labor and um, that. The most useless person in the room was me. Um, you know, you, uh, you stand there and holding your leg up and, and trying to offer some encouragement and, and uh, you know, like, you're doing a great job, you're doing a great job, and finally she just said, can you please shut up? And, uh, and then you had to go, to the, go through the childbirth classes, and, and I really went mostly just because I wanted to know where the hospital was and how to drop things off and and but they break you up into a room or in the, within the room with the men and women are separated so you can ask each other deeper questions things that already you know that you're concerned with and some guys talking about you know I don't know what's going to happen when it comes out do I hold it do I catch it or or what and everyone's asking these other questions and finally I said I'm just happy I'm not pregnant and uh yeah so um and then when the the first child was born um she had had a uh, her umbilical cord was wrapped around her her neck and uh, so the nurses are going all crazy but the doctor comes in and i don't know he i swear the man was stoned uh, maybe it was the cheetos on his gloves the cheeto stains but he comes in and he's just so relaxed like he's done this a million times and he gets in there and uh, and uh, then he starts humming you know um you know i I hear Uncle John's band by the riverside. You know, so he's singing Grateful Dead and something. Oh, maybe he is. And so anyway, so he's you know he's undoing the umbilical cord, kind of like you know a twist on a bread. We're just going. Oh, I got it. And then finally he gets it off. But and, and then the the second child, um, you know, um, 
since I realized that I, you know, my presence was really not that uh, special there, um, I brought a sandwich and a drink. And so this time when I'm helping my, my wife, I'm just, they can hear me go <laughs> on the soda every now and again. And so everyone, then every now and again, the, the nurse would just look at me and, and, and they told me I was disgusting. And then, and then the third child, um, you know, they make, make you cut the umbilical cord and they didn't do the clamp properly. And so blood spread all over and all the nurses just laughed at me because there's blood all over me. And they said, oh, that's just like, you know, baby champagne. Anyway, that's my, that's my time. Thank you. Keep your hands clapping, everybody. Joshua Smith and his baby champagne. Wow. All right. Why do babies' pants have pockets? Um, it's Josh and then you, Jay, because Josh was a little late. But that's okay. Josh, you're up next. Yay. Um, he's such a funny guy, and I'm so glad that he's here. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Josh Kotsky. Yay. Thank you. Sorry for cutting, Ajay. Uh, I just got I just got off the phone with uh, with my buddy who's battling a crippling addiction to pornography. Um, I talked to him for a while, and uh, it sounded like he was beating it. So, so it's not going well. All right, puns. Am I right? Uh, I went uh, I went to a restaurant for the first time in a while yesterday for the. Uh, for opening kickoff yesterday. And uh, after I got food there, the bill said, we do not accept tips. Instead, we have an automatic 25% service charge. First of all, to have a service charge, I feel like you should give me some service. They didn't bust the tables. They didn't take our order for like a half hour, nothing. But also, how can you say you don't have a tip when you have a service charge? Those are the same thing. You can't say that. I will burn your fucking restaurant to the ground. I'm sorry, I would never burn your restaurant to the ground. I might commit arson, though, all right? They're different things. I wouldn't do one, but not the other. All right, that's fucking dumb. We're gonna go into actual stuff. Um, <laughs> I am an IT auditor. It's a boring job. Um, I mean, it's not quite as boring as it might sound. It's worse. I, I hate it. You know you have a boring job when there's no video game about what you do. Like, every job with something remotely interesting has a video game. I'll prove it. Like, what do you do? You're a teacher? Uh, okay, Persona 5, you can play as teachers. What do you do? Yeah. You're a scientist? Uh, Half-Life 2. What do you do? Oh, your job sucks, dude. There's nothing. <laughs> uh, but honestly, like, I've played, I've played as a taxi driver. I've played as a scientist. I've played as a hedgehog. Do you know what a hedgehog is? A hedgehog is a glorified rat that sleeps for 14 hours a day and contributes nothing. Still more interesting than what I do. Honestly, there, there, there's no IT auditor of the video game. That's probably a good thing because that video game would suck. It would just be you sitting in a cubicle with like a health bar slowly dwindling above you that says will to live. Uh, it'd be horrible. Every once in a while, some text would pop up and it'd be like, hey, press the hexagon key to quit your job and follow your dreams. And you'd be like, there's no hexagon key. And he'd be like, ha, gotcha, you're going to die here. <laughs> I love the chuckles. I appreciate it. Um, I uh, had the opportunity to be on a game show pretty recently. Um, I was on Jeopardy, Z stupid younger brother, Wheel of Fortune. Uh, it's, it's the stupidest way to get famous. Um, but no, I was on, and people, people ask me a lot about, like, what was Wheel of Fortune like? It must have been so much fun. You must have loved it. 
And I mean, it was cool, but like no one asked about the bad shit. Like, have any of you ever had a letter cost you $39,000? Alright, it's horrible. I fucking hate the letter Q now, like with a passion. And I know I'm not the only one, right? I, I started a forum of people, like-minded people who hate that fucking stupidly shaped letter. Uh, started it online so people could vent uh, about how they hate the letter Q anonymously. Um, we call it QAnon. And I gotta say, it's gone downhill recently. Um, I don't know at what point we started going from we hate Qs to we hate Jews, but we went there. All right, last quick one I'll end on. Uh, I saw this, I gotta stop ending on this one, but whatever. I saw this documentary on this uh, addiction study. These scientists put a rat in a cage with two buttons. Uh, pressing the first button would dispense cocaine, and pressing the second button would dispense an Oreo cookie. Now the scientists were trying to find which of the two substances was most addicting, but what they actually found was the world's luckiest rat. All right, thanks for your time, guys. Yay! Chukotsky and his lucky rats. Oh. Yeah, man. I've done a lot of drugs in my time, but Viagra was the hardest one to get off. You're, you're next to me. I just had to. I'm sorry. Uh, your next comedian. What a funny young man he is. Put your hands together, everybody, for Ajay Damodaran. Yay! Hey, guys. Hi. How are we doing? Are we doing? Oh, is this working? Woo! Is it working? Is it working? Yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. How are you guys doing? Are you good? Cool, nice. Uh, my name is Jay. Uh, I can tell you a little bit about myself. I am a child of immigrants. Um, that's that's unnecessary. You fucking liberal. Uh, but uh, I my parents have lived here longer than they've lived back home, right? But so which kind of throws me off because my mom will still say some immigrant shit every now and then, right? Like they were arranged married right before they moved to this country. So my mom likes to say, I moved to this country with $200 and a stranger. It's just like, holy shit, <laughs> right? Sounds like dad moved it here with $200 and an ungrateful bitch of a wife. That's what, that's what that sounds like. Fucking chill, mom. All right, I'm going to do one vegetables um, joke. It's not, a, it's not a joke about vegetables. It's just I need to do this. Um, I used to live with three other women, and uh, it's very different from living. Or I live with three other women right now. But it's very different from living with three other men, and because uh, I used to do that. Um, one one big difference is that uh, I didn't have chores when I lived with three other men, right? We have like a fucking chore chart right now, right? When I lived with three guys, our chore chart was like a post-it note on the fr refrigerator that just said indica in the couch and sativa clean the house, and then it was just a picture of a stick man shrugging. So that's how that went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's another difference, which is I don't feel emasculated now anytime I hear my roommates having sex. Um, let me explain. Uh, anytime I would be like, 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 like back with like three guys listening, but I wasn't listening to them having sex. Uh, I, I'd be like washing the dishes or something, right? And they would be like, I just hear from another room. And then later on, they'd be like, hey, Jake, were you listening to us? And I'd be like, this is your fucking pasta, okay? You want the fucking dishes clean or not? Yeah. Also, just a side note, I, I realized that like an unwanted erection is a lot like a little kid waking up on Sunday, like, oh, dad's making pancakes? It's like, no, kid, this, these pancakes aren't for you. Shut the fuck up. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Neighbors are having sex. <laughs> That's what that is. All right. Um, it's a weird vegetables joke. Okay, I, I've been listening to, uh, 
I've been watching like the television that my roommates watch, and uh, they watch this one show called Echoes. I'm not gonna tell you about the show, but just know that there's a scene where there's a guy that like handles horses, and he's being accused for murder, right? And the cops talking to him about like what's his alibi, and he has a big ass bruise on his head, and the cops like, what's that from? And he's like, oh, I was just trying to wrangle one of the horses. I spooked him, and uh, he he got a shot off. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. The fuck does that mean? Happens, so and like he's surprised that he's like a murder suspect. It's like, yeah, dude, you're not a sound mind. It's like, no, officer, I couldn't have done it. I've only had 17 concussions. <laughs> Fucking craziness. I don't know. Um, that was just for me, to be honest. Uh, this is also kind of just for me. I um, I have a bidet, and uh, one thing that that a lot of straight men are worried about when they get a bidet is like, oh, am I gay now? Uh, or like. Like, which I've never understood that fear because if you're gay, it's not things going up your ass, right? It's going up your ass and then coming back out again, right? So, like, it's just back in and out, right? Which is not what happens with a bidet. You just, the water just goes straight up, right? I, I feel like I'm asking, but I'm, I'm I'm being definitive on that. That's what happens. I'm not gay. Okay, no, <laughs> no, no. But I, I feel like, yeah. Then side note: Mormon gay is just a blood butt plug. That's a that's a fun one. Okay. I'm gonna leave. You guys have been fun. Have a nice night. Now I'm thinking about butt stuff, and I wasn't before, so thanks. Thanks. Uh, your next comedian. Excited that he's here. Put your hands together for Marcello. Yay! Hey, everybody. Hey. Um, yeah, what happened today? I guess the, the, queen, the queen died. Today, yesterday, I don't know, but it's just like a great opportunity to like learn new stuff about like a new culture. So I've been kind of deep diving into that. Do you guys know what the um, national anthem of UK is? It's God Save the Queen. It's like that has to be like the worst week that any song has ever had to go from just like that to just be like, like what a bummer. It's like the US's uh, song is like, I don't think like rocket's red glare ever had like a bad week it's like still doing great um sorry but uh yeah but so uh god save the queen it's like it's like i'm not really sad for this song i'm like more sad for like the people you know it's like now they're stuck with a song that just kind of sounds like a sad diss track all of a sudden it's kind of just like god save the queen god God, could you save, God, please, God, will you save the queen, God, don't let, don't let the queen, God, die, oh, there is no God, anyway, I don't know the lyrics to God save the queen, none of us, none of us know the lyrics, because we're all like American, right, we don't know anything about uh, royalty or shit like that, like, um, like, I was learning all kinds of stuff, like, are there any, like, British people here to, like, help out, <laughs> no, I don't know, so it's like, so it's like, I don't know, so all sorts of stuff's happening. Like today, it's Friday, there's no sports events on fr today because it's like in honor of the queen. But then there's like all sorts of other stuff. It's like, how long is it appropriate when a monarch, after a monarch passes away? Like, what, like when is it like, when will it be cool again to you just use Yaz Queen in conversation? You know, I just want to be respectful. I think we all, it's important that we all be respectful. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll throw those jokes away after today. Um, 
How about two days ago, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, I went and uh, tailgated a Motley Crue concert. It just happened at the ballpark, so you can watch for free. I was watching over the fence. You can just see the Jumbotron. And Motley Crue's kind of like a bunch of pieces of shit, and they're like terrible, but it was free, so I was going to check it out. I only bring it up because um, Tommy Lee, who's the drummer of Motley Crue, you guys might know him. He like had a sex tape in the 90s. but So he stopped in the middle of the show to just to do crowd work. I don't know, you guys are all comedians, you guys know crowd work, right? So he basically just got up in front of everybody and was like, this is like verbatim, he goes, man, I love titties, but I want to see some dicks. And then he proceeded to like pull focus of a camera on people in the crowd and then peer pressure them into showing their dicks which was awesome, but also kind of not fair because everybody knows that Tommy Lee's like packing major heat. But regardless, I have now seen like the biggest dick I will ever see because on a Jumbotron from like across the thing, like this big on a Jumbotron is like the fucking hugest dick you'll ever see. Anyway, but I like that kind of stuff. You know, like, I li like, you know, like I'm kind of like, uh, you know, like I have my own like, kinks and stuff and I'm like trying to kick them but it's like really hard um so uh I've been trying to going to meetings um you know weekly meetings but I'm starting to think that this 12-step program isn't really the best thing for my foot fetish I'm just kidding sorry all right thanks guys Margello, yay! I also have a foot fetish I like to paint guys toenails yeah Okay. Uh, I probably didn't need to say that out loud. And I've been smoking a lot of pot back here. Uh, hey, your next comedian, he's new to the room, so clap your hands in a wild slappy-like motion for Brian Ross. Yay! I'm the one after them for as long as they must. All right, how's everybody going? How's everybody doing? All right. So, I mean, that's crazy. Like, could you imagine that coffee table book, right? Jumbotron of dicks. Yeah, Barnes and Noble. So yes, I'm new to the room. Thank you guys for accepting me. Uh, I actually am from Los Angeles, so I came out here to hang out with you guys. But actually, thank you. I grew up in a small town called Watts. Have you guys ever heard of it? W a couple people. So Watts is the type of city, right, where you graduate from high school and then you just dive right into the drug pool. I I'm joking. No one graduates. Um, but I did, I did, I did. Um, I never did drugs, but I always wanted to purchase, like, cannabis. Like, that was the thing. I wanted that experience. But I never wanted to go to, like, a dispensary, right? I wanted to get that, that, that hometown feel. So I took me a trip not too long ago to the hood, and I saw me an associate. So I said, hey, man, what can I get for 10 bucks? He says, 10 bucks? Oh, you get the fuck out my face. I said, wow, that's rude. <laughs> I think I need to speak to a manager. It's crazy nowadays, man. Um, I have this friend that sells sippable broth. Broth that is sippable. Is that crazy? I mean, broth is literally residue. She's selling residue for 1995. Like, it's literally the bong water of cooking. That's what broth is. And the way the world is going nowadays, like I could imagine there being a hard broth coming soon. Picture that. It's like Mark's hard broth. This ain't your mama's broth. 
Then you see broth slipping into the hip hop culture. Now you got rappers double cupping broth. Like, hey man, what's that in your cup? Otis? Otis that brine. Sipping on some Brizoff. It's crazy. Uh, you guys like pho? Yeah, big fan. I love pho. So good. Um, but more so, I love the way they name the restaurants, right? It's like pho show, phenomenal, unforgettable. Love it. I got a great name. It's going to be like, hey, pho. Put the letter Q at the end. Call back to the letter Q. Hey. <laughs> It's crazy, man. And then alcohol is getting out of control. Like, everybody just wants, like, it's, like, these seltzer waters. Like, it's literally alcoholic water. And they really peddle this stuff. And it's, like, bothering me, man. Like, I don't understand why they got, like, is, is this seltzer water, is that, like, the drink for responsible drinkers? Like, could you imagine that? They're, like, if you're looking to hydrate but still need energy to gyrate, try H2 Bro. Walgreens. So I'm at that age where a good amount of my friends are starting to get parole. And it's great because I can invite them to my shows now. But I had this one friend, can't invite them to my show no more. Came, started intimidating the crowd, y'all. Was like, hey, clap for my boy. Hey, laugh at my boy. Yo, meet me outside. And I was like, yo, 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 calm down. I was so, I said, I'm so sorry, you guys. This is not how I remember her. Sit down, Eloise. I love it. Huh? All right. My name is Brian Ross. Thank you so much, you guys. Have a good night. Brian Ross, everyone. Hooray. Huzzah. All the way from L.A. From what? That was lovely. All right, another new person to the room. Hey, everybody, keep being uh, cool and clapping and being supportive. Uh, it's Karen W. Yay! Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, this is my literally my first time ever doing stand-up. So, yeah, I'm out here for a huge crowd, you know, Five people, six people, it's a, it's a great crowd. It's what I always dreamed of, you know. I've been, I've been procrastinating for years on doing this, you know. Like, every time I would get close, I would just, like, I would find some reason, and then, and, you know, it would just kind of, like, keep, I would keep building layers of procrastination and complacency, like this kind of, like, procrastination armadillo inside of me. And, you know, like, every so often, like, you know, with every new iteration of procrastination, this, this shell would get harder and harder, and the armadillo would tell me, you know, it would be like, Good, good, like the emperor from Star Wars. Or actually, you know, it's like a, it's like an armadillo. It's more like a chill, it's like a chill vibe, like a like a chill inner Mexican voice. You know, not the most positive thing, but it was just like it's like, hey fool, you ain't gotta do shit you don't wanna do, fool. You know what I mean? Like the mommy's way. And I was like, for sure, okay. You know, okay, armadillo. I'm just gonna fucking chill. I'm not gonna do comedy ever. And then there was a straw that broke the armadillo's back, which is recently me and my girl uh, went on a little break. And uh, the reasons are positive. The reasons are positive. It's because uh, we both wanted to experience some personal growth. And neither of us have ever experienced personal growth in our lives. So it was like, a, you know, it was an exciting time. It's, and yeah, it's been ups and downs, like some highs, some lows. Um, and yeah, so I decided I'm going to try, try some stuff I always wanted to. So stand-up's one of them. And uh, for some reason, uh, I guess part of my personal growth is I got to get rid of some egotistical and narcissistic tendencies. I thought I could skip the whole open mic scene and I went straight to a professional show. I went 
to outside of a professional show that I'd been to before. And I waited for the, the people who run the show to come. And I, my idea, I had this big idea in my mind, like, you know, it's gonna be like a baseball movie about a 40-year-old guy starting and getting into the major leagues just like that. You know, I thought I was gonna tell him my whole plan. I'd be like, I have no experience whatsoever, but uh, I'm definitely funnier than all the people you have booked, and you should give me a chance. And uh, I imagined them, you know, just like the, like that, the manager from the baseball team in the movie, like, yeah, you know what? You got guts, kid. I'm gonna give you a shot. I don't know why I imagined him talking like that, some like, you know, 35-year-old Indian dude, but regardless, that's how it was going in my mind. But just like, you know, the reality version of that, of those baseball movies, I got sent back to the minor leagues. So yeah, I'm here now, just plowing my trade and starting my first week. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Um, yeah, but like I said, highs and lows. Um, earlier in the week, I was in like, a little bit of a low, like confidence, confidence was kind of low for some reason during this break with me and my girl. Um, and I just was looking for like a universal sign for some, yeah, I don't know, like a confidence boost or something. And I got it in a really unexpected way. I started working in the city pretty recently this year. It's, I've, I feel like a lot more connected to the city. I'm like starting to see a lot more things and seeing a lot more people about who are in the city and the cultural groups, you know, discovering a lot of different types of crackheads. Like, I've, and I've been discovering a new subspecies of crackhead called an undercover crackhead. It's a trademark, don't steal that from me. Uh, yeah, it's an undercover crackhead. It's like a person who looks pretty poised and something else, whatever, you wouldn't expect it, but they, they definitely are a crackhead. And uh, regardless, I ran, into, I ran into one the other day walking to work. And uh, I was just walking to work and I've, as part of my, you know, trying new things thing, I'm trying to new, meet new people, make eye contact with random people and, uh, and stuff like that. And so uh, I, met, I saw, made a con eye contact with this one guy. And uh, you know, the first thing he said to me was, I said, hey, what's up? And he's like, look at you being handsome. And I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> You know, I'm a little gay, so like a little bit came out and I was like, oh my God, it's exciting, you know? I haven't been called handsome in a long time. I have like, you know, I'm not feeling too good. And I was, uh, I got some good, I got some good feedback from a random stranger. And then he, I don't know, he uh, continued to talk and he's like, make sure you love your black people today. And I was like, I will, I will. Yeah, and he's like, and then he continued, I was like, that's kind of interesting, you know, this is a, you know, that's, that's I definitely will do that. And then he continued to talk about, you know, the struggles of black people in the U.S. and how the whole country was built upon them. And I was like, these are all really good points. But I didn't understand too much because he was a white guy, but it was just like, yeah, I mean, I was like, I, I'm on board with you. Anyways, the whole day, I couldn't get his thoughts out of my mind. You know, they're really hard hitting and stuff, you know, really tough topics, but really true. And I felt really positive from the interaction because, you know, end of the day, someone called me handsome and I was like, I was really feeling it. So, yeah, it was a good start to... Uh, it was a good way to break one of the low periods of the earlier in the week, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to uh, you know continue doing things and like continue this foray into stand up and new things. So yeah, that's my time. Thank you. Karen, everyone, all right, the first time, yay, yay, and then yay, yay. We have a bunch of people. It's their first time in this room. Uh, all right, clap your hands together for your next comedian, everybody. It's Lorenzo. Yay! Hey, everyone. It's also my first time. Thank you for all the support. Mostly, I'm not interested in becoming a professional comedian, like probably like many of you. This is more of a way for me to practice revealing the insights that I get from my research as a scientist in bioinformatics without making people cry. 
You know, I, I just enjoy telling the truth, but a lot of the stuff that I learn about at work is has, has to do with evolution, sexuality, pornography, and dating. So when I started talking about it at parties, people started laughing, they encouraged me to do stand-up, and that's why I'm here. Now, please don't cancel me. I have a job and I'm an immigrant. I kind of need the visa, so. Now, jokes aside, let's start with something casual, you know? Let's talk about evolution and pigeons, right? So one of my colleagues was telling me recently that once researchers started doing DNA tests of pigeons, they realized that 40% of male pigeons are raising children that are not their own. Trust me, this isn't random. When the researchers actually started studying this a little bit more, they realized that this was happening because the female pigeons were going after, we should call them chad pigeons, right? To get, you know, the good genes, you know, to have their, for their progeny. And then they would come back to the simp pigeons to raise the children. You learn a lot about why, you know, men and women behave that way, you know, today, um, thanks to evolution. And so I learned a lot from animals, honestly, about the way, you know, just all species tend to operate. So for example, bonobos. Bonobos are, have any of you ever seen Sex in the City? Really? You've seen Sex in the City, Pam, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. They're the Samantha of the animal kingdom. And here's what I mean, right? So if you look at chimps, gorillas, and bonobos, right? So gorillas, when they have children, they've usually have had an average of like 10 sexual encounters, right? So it takes about 10 times, having sex about 10 times before they have a child, right? Chimps, on the other hand, it takes about like 100 times. Bonobos, it takes 5,000 times. That's how many times a female bonobo has sex before she has a child. And the whole process of this goes back to the pigeons thing. It's all about fucking with people's sense of paternity. Because if the female bonobo is having sex with all the male bonobos, none of the male bonobos know if the child is theirs or not, so they're all forced to raise it together communally. It's the best way to live a hippie lifestyle, you know? Yeah, and also from the animal kingdom, you know, related to monkeys, like, I learned, gosh, because I've always, you know, had these deep questions in my mind. That's why I became a scientist, right? And so I always thought, why are penises of different sizes? Like, I just never understood that. Why are we not all standardized? You would think evolution kind of converges towards an equilibrium, right? Monkeys tell us the answer. So the size of genitalia has to do with the level of sexual competition between the monkeys. Here's what I mean by this, right? So chimps are about a quarter of the size of a gorilla, but because they have four times the amount of sex as a gorilla, right, their testicles are four times bigger. That is so counterintuitive. Like, literally, imagine a massive gorilla meeting a chimp and, and trying to have a dick swinging contest and losing. That's exactly what happens in the animal kingdom, right? So yeah, I learned a lot about you know, evolution you know, from animals, and you know, that's a lot of stuff that I come across at work. But beyond evolution in animals, a lot of stuff that we look at is actually the data that comes from sperm banks and dating applications. So when I first started looking at the data from sperm banks, one thing that really stood out to me is that the best way to differentiate the quality of the sperm bank is by looking at the height minimum requirements that the sperm bank posts for its donors. I'm not kidding. Like most sperm banks, you know, like are gonna like, you know, set the bar like around 5'8, but the best sperm banks, you know, set the height requirement at six feet tall. Which seems absurd, but I don't know if y'all have seen the data from Bumble recently. The number one filter women pay for on Bumble is height. And where do they set the minimum height requirement to? Six feet tall. Even though only 15% of American men meet that standard. It's kind of absurd, right? But if you look at Tinder, right, 21% of the men get 78% of the matches. Literally, it's a, worst, it's a worse level of inequality than U.S. wealth. And it takes a lot to be U.S. wealth for, you know, to be able to do that, right? 
Um, which is why, you know, when we look at income inequality and we look at dating app inequality, the best way we can kind of understand this is because the bar is literally set too high, you know, because of the height requirements. Thank you, everybody. Hooray, Lorenzo, yay. That was awesome. I can't believe that was your first time. That was wonderful. Yay. It was like a TED Talk and a comedy set all in one. We learned something that was wonderful. All right, moving right along. Your next comedian, clap your hands together for Huneid Shakur. Yay! None of what I'm going to say is that informative. I'm just giving you a heads up. Um, but that was really great to learn. I think the most important thing I learned there is there are baby pigeons. I just assumed... When a mommy and daddy pigeon love each other, they go into the subway and 15 come out. Um, it's weird that now that I'm in a relationship, my friends don't really come to me for relationship advice anymore. And I feel like that's because they weren't looking for relationship. They were looking for advice from someone who was unencumbered by love. They wanted to know how to become single again. And when I was single, I gave them pretty terrible advice because I hadn't been in a relationship. So my advice was just what I heard during fights. So they'd be like, Kunaid, I'm in a rough spot with my girlfriend, what should I do? I was like, well, you should respect your opponent. You know, if things are going bad, go to the body. And you know, you, re you really only need three good minutes and that will solve it. You should come out with a good win. Um, when quarantine started, I decided to spend a lot more time with my girlfriend. I don't know, not decided, had to. Um, and we both decided to grow a beard. And <laughs> um, she's doing a lot better than mine. And it's, it's weird when you get complimented for growing a beard because it's the same thing as getting complimented for wearing a mask. You're just like, hey, it looks better when half your face is covered. And, um, but we got into weird arguments um, when we were together. Like, um, people, some people are worried that their significant other is going to cheat on them, and I'm not worried about that because why should it only be one of us? Um, but one day I walked into her, and she was playing solitaire, and she turns to me, and she says, I lost, and I just realized then that I, she would never cheat on me. She's too honest. She can't even cheat on herself at solitaire, and I think I would rather have dated a cheater than a loser. Um... <laughs> I also ended up spending a lot more time with my gay housemate. Um, and I'm not saying that to brag about being more woke than you. It's just I'm awake because he's loud. Um, but we went to Target together once, and he pulled into the veteran parking spot. And I was like, oh, I know for sure this guy's never served in the Army because he would never wear camouflage. He likes to be seen. He likes the attention. So I confronted him. I was like, yo, Alex, what is this? You've never served... And he goes, I serve in the gay army. And I <laughs> didn't have a real response to that outside of, you know, it's I'm glad America has one army that knows how to avoid a messy pullout. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks. Um, I recently got into astrology because uh, the concept of God seemed too far-fetched and science was too hard, so astrology was like right for me. And I didn't realize how useful it would be until I got into fights with my girlfriend. 
And one day we got into a really bad fight and I was losing. It shouldn't have escalated this far, especially when it could have been avoided if she had just taken antibiotics. But I was losing and I felt it getting worse. So I just threw out, hey, is this your Aries moon coming out? And the look on her face was just disbelief. And she responded, I knew I shouldn't have dated a Pisces. It says you guys disappear while you're still physically present. And I responded, I'm sorry, did you say something? All right. Thank you, guys. Shakur. That was lovely. I laughed out loud multiple times. You're very punny. Come back again and again. Clap your hands, everybody, for your next comedian. It's Kathy Jow. Hello, everyone. How's your Friday going? You think I really care? Especially you, Ian. <laughs> so, um, you know, earlier this year, I got a proposed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the guy told me, he's like, oh, Cassie, if you marry me, you will get your green card for free. I was like, green card for free? Yes. But to marry me, he has to pay. I need to let this guy know that even for sham marriage, I have standards. But then this guy started to call me a gold digger. Oh, a gold digger? That's why we Chinese immigrants came to California. We not only dig down, we dig all across to Utah, making you the first transcontinental railroad. You're welcome. You know, uh, last year I moved into San Francisco. You know, um, I moved into a super tiny bedroom. How tiny is it if Jason you and your boyfriend moved into my bedroom tonight. You can only have two positions. <laughs> 69 or 96. That's basically one position to my dyslexic friend. And Ian, you look like my friend. You know, I feel like it's really hard. It's really hard to live in San Francisco, especially dating. Because everyone, everyone in the city, you are either working in a tech company or homeless. That makes my dating life, it's like one day with a mathematician, one day with a magician. And also it's hard to be an Asian woman living in the city. Like every time I go into a bar, the bartender never asks me, hey, what do you want for a drink? Instead, he'll be like, holy shit, the rent is due. That's my life here, that's my life. Um, you know, the other day, uh, the other day in Russian Hill, when I was walking down the street, there's a guy, um, of course a white guy, started to yell at me, prostitute. Like, very confused, because normally guys just call me bitch. This guy referred me for a job with a much higher hourly rate. 
I got a promotion. But later I find out that my mom, who's living in China, has something in common with this white guy. They both want me to go back to China. You know, my mom wants me to go back to China because I'm the only child at home to abuse. But thanks to China's one-child policy, my aborted siblings don't need to compete with me to be abused. So Ian, if your girlfriend wants abortion, go back to China with me. You know, now my mom and I were in a very healthy relationship. Um, of course, I haven't seen her for five years. Uh, recently, she's a little bit upset when she learned I talk so much shit about her in my comedy. She's like, don't talk about me, don't talk about me, talk about your dad, talk about your dad. I was like, mom, this is America. Half of America probably have never seen their biological dads. The other half have multiple dads. Which one do you want me to talk about? Uh, but actually, before I go, I have to say that my dad is a great guy. Um, he taught me how to drive. Because of him, now I am a triple threat on Highway 101. Asian. Bitch. No license. Thank you, everyone. This is Cassie Jha. Have a great night. All right, your next comedian. He's lovely and he's a helper and uh, he's very, very funny. He just won the Neck of the Woods F Funny to Friday. I don't know what it was, but you won. It was exciting. You got 100 bucks. I, because I pay it, because I troll the internet just like everyone else. Put your hands together, everyone, for Ian Langland. Hello, everybody. Don't get too excited. It's not that. It's not that big of a deal. I'm more hung up on the fact that Kathy wants to abort my girlfriend's unborn child. So that's good. What's up, everybody? Let's get into it. All right, I gotta get some energy. I'm fucked. Okay, here we go. I was. Uh, I, I live in San Francisco. San Francisco is a very strange city, very weird town. I feel like there's a lot of shit that you see in San Francisco that we all just accept as normal, but it is, it is not normal. Like I was like walking down Market Street and there was a naked man riding a lift bike with a hatchet in the bucket. And everybody was like, that's Tuesday in San Francisco. That's a weird thing to see. Nobody fucking batted an eye though. So I guess it's just like the reality we live in. It was weird. Another thing I saw, this is real. I saw a robot on the street. I saw a robot. You want me to repeat that? I saw a fucking, you guys should all be calling your loved ones right now. They're like, there's fucking, there's a robot. It's, it's like six feet tall. I'm not making it up. It's like a six foot tall robot. It's very aggressive looking, okay? It's scary. I felt very threatened, all right? And I don't care if I'm going to get canceled for this in 10 years when robots are seen as equals, but fucking step off the sidewalk. You're a second class citizen, okay? That's what I think about robots. It was scary. It was very threatening. I don't even know why we have robots. I feel like we got enough shit to deal with in general, you know? I feel like we had some problems we got to solve first. Like, I feel like we should figure out printers before we make, you know, robots a thing. I don't know. Just my opinion, I guess. You're probably all wondering the same thing I wondered. 
Because what the fuck is the point of that robot? Why, why is there a robot? I was very optimistic. I was like, maybe it's a karaoke machine. <laughs> or maybe a vending machine on wheels. What is it? It is uh, made to deter homeless people. That's what it is. Made to deter homeless people. I don't know if you guys have been outside recently. It is not working, okay? They're not deterred. They are everywhere. You're going to need, like, HAL 9000 and Terminator to fucking deal with these homeless people. So that's what it was. It was fucking... They're made to deter homeless people. That's, like, the third worst thing it could be, I feel like. First being is that it kills people. Second being that it fucks us. And then third is deterring homeless people. I think that's a good ranking of what it is. <laughs> I, I was also, I was like, I was like, well, maybe it deters homelessness as an issue. You know, maybe it's like a social worker robot. Like it goes up to homeless people and it's like, you look like you are struggling. Here is a resume template and jobs hiring in the area. Good luck. Thank you, Pam. Yeah, that's the end of the joke, guys. I like it, so I'm keeping it, okay? Let's move on. Uh, I'm a very proud beta. I am a proud beta. I feel like betas, we're all in hiding. I think we need to come out, and we need to own it a little bit, okay? Where are my betas at? Liars, okay? There's more beta. I like being a beta. Betas, we are, we are keystones to the ecosystem, okay? Who's going to hold the door open for all the women? Who's going to do it? Me, okay? The betas, we serve a purpose in this society, and we're way fucking better than alphas, all right? I got beef with alphas. I hate uh, Alphas just take up space, okay? They take up space, and they're so aggressive. And they're always competing. That's what I've noticed about all the alphas I met. Always competing. I was talking to this dude at my work one time, and I was like, God, I, like, feel so awful. I got, like, five hours of sleep. And he was like, well, Joe Rogan and David Goggins were actually telling me three hours is all that's necessary, so you're a pussy. And I'm like, okay, uh, it's 9 a.m. Leave me alone, sir. Everything's a competition with these guys. And, like, even if you, like, win the argument, they just start to lie. Like, everything's very competitive with them. I, was, I had this other conversation. I was talking to my friend. She was, like, having electrical issues in her house. I was, like, giving her advice about how to fix these issues. And this dude just stepped into the conversation. He goes, that's bad advice, dude. That's incorrect. Don't listen to this guy. And I'm like, well, actually... My dad's an electrician. I used to be an electrician it's in the union in San Francisco. And he was like, well, fucking, uh, my dad's fucking Benjamin Franklin and my mom is Thomas Edison. And he ran away. And I was like, okay, well, God, I thought that was funnier in my head. Well, okay, I I'm going to leave now. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Pam. Bye. Opposite from a small Yay! Ian Langlands, yay! Are you, do you think I'm an alpha or a beta? You think I'm an alpha, really? That's exciting. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Newman's not here yet, and I have Dwight and then Jason. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, your next comedian. I'm so glad he's in town. Put your hands together for Dwight Mai. Yay! Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Pam. Uh, hey, thanks for putting me up, Pam. Pam, uh, you, you, you're like a 50-year-old kid. You, uh, you can put on your resume that you babysat yourself. Maybe that'll work. Uh, thanks for the ribs. Um, they were burnt, but thanks for the ribs. Anyways, hey, Ian, Ian, you're like the skinniest guy I know, dude. You probably rolled off the bunk bed and just glided towards the ground. <laughs> I dreamt my plane ran out of gas. Hello, Jason, long time no see. Does anybody have a, a, a pin? I want to make sure his muscles are real. 
<laughs> Damn, you're so buff. Hey, do me a favor, just one syringe. That's all I need. One syringe. I put a shirt that's too big. I need to fill it up by Tuesday. Just one syringe. How you doing? I like your leather jacket. Can I borrow it? My cow's code. He, she's in a barn. She's, I don't know. <laughs> Can I, let me see this. What is this? Looks pretty good. I'm going to grab some when I get off. I was looking earlier. There was like three three Indian guys sitting like, uh, that's only two guys, but there was three Indian guys. I thought maybe you guys could like scoot together and we'll take a family photo. You know, send it home. Tell your parents that you created the company. And I was going to say, you're the CEO. You'll be the CFO. And the other guy with the sandals will be the janitor. But... You guys are gone. I had so many jokes about that guy with the bald head, but he left. I was going to say that if you rub a genie's lamp, he comes out and asks you to wish for him to have some more, some more hair. But who knows? <laughs> was that cringy? Was that, no? I don't know. Well, your shoulders are always up. I always think that you're like, like blocking my jokes, like deflecting it. Like, no, get out of my, get out of my ear. Well, now that I've talked about you guys, what about me? What about me? Well, you know, growing up, I didn't have a lot of money, so I played with fire. Yeah. All you needed was a little bit to get a whole lot. Fire grows on trees. Yes. But now I'm, I'm, I'm older. I'm, you know, I'm more mature, more responsible. All I do is gamble. You know? My friends are like, you got an addiction. I'm like, yeah, but it's the only addiction where you can end up a winner. Let me borrow five bucks. That's all I need. That's all I need. I like, I like hiking, too. You know? I love trees. I saw a bunch of dead trees, you know? And it was amazing because they were all still standing. I was like, hey, what if people were like that, you know? I'll take a bunch of them, and then I'll build a log cabin. And then you come in, you're like, hey, everybody's facing inwards. Why is that? I'm lonely. Leave me alone. I used to have a family, but now they're part of the wall. Mama. And you know how some people like blue eyes or green eyes? What about me? What do I like? The white part. That's what I like. If I see mostly white, that means you're not looking at me, and I can look at you, you know? In fact, you know how some people can roll their eyes to the back of their heads and make it all white? Like that? I want to marry some white. Be at a party, like, hey, meet my wife. She's creepy. <laughs> I like to read Stephen King and then take a look at her. That's, that's what I like to do. Anyways, hey, I, I was thinking about, uh, I don't know how to make movies, but I was thinking if I ever, if I ever was going to make a movie, I would overuse the only technique I know, misdirection. You know, I'll be pushing a baby stroller down the street, and then uh, I'll, I'll go into a bank, you know, and I'll reach into the stroller, and I'll pull out a gun. Like, this is a robbery. And then I'll take the money to the hospital and pay for my grandma's surgery. And when she's well, I'm going to take her home and handcuff her to the radiator until she tells me where she keeps all her gold. And then I'm going to take all that gold and buy silver. <laughs> and then it'll say, part two, coming this summer, and I'll never make a movie again. And, and that's the movie that I'm going to make. Hey, thanks for putting me up, Pam. Thanks for uh, putting up with me. Uh, except for you, you're looking at your phone, but thanks anyways. <laughs> Yeah. All right, thank you. Yay, what mine? That when you turned the good to gold, that was so funny. The gold into silver is funny. That was really funny. All right, your next comedian, another really funny guy. Clap your hands together for Jason King. Yay! Hell yeah, give it up for yourselves, everybody. Yeah, I, you know, it's been a while since I've seen Dwight. I'm super excited. He's like, it's like one of the first people that like really influenced me when I was like starting because he had like this he like focused on these like goofy imaginary jokes and I was just like dude I fucking I fucking love it I love it I love it yeah give it up for Dwight one more time everyone. 
Oh, no, no, I, no, I loved Wild. I, I'll, I know I'm gonna do one imaginary joke for you, just for you. I um, feel like a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people wonder what blind people want to see most, you know. But if I were born blind, I'd want to know what's causing all the racism. <laughs> I imagine it would be like a racism would be super confusing if you were black. You know, people are mean to you. It's like why? It's like because you're black. It's like it's all black. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool um you guys want to know what's less cool than being in the mile high club yeah eating ass on a greyhound bus <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i was recently eating ass on a greyhound bus <laughs> and uh in my head i was like oh this is a good idea you know it's also moving vehicles it's the same you know and then you realize that buses come with bus quality ass <laughs> And bus quality ass owned by bus quality people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. A lot of people taking the bus. I get it. All right. Um, <laughs> let's see. I um, feel like there's a stereotype uh, that black people can't swim, but I feel like you're asking a lot. Like like you're asking a lot. You know, to ask black people to swim when a lot of them don't have access to water. Yeah. Feels like a necessary part of the equation. It's like, ah, y'all can't swim. It's like, nigga, I can't drink. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Like practice with imaginary water? I'm sorry, you know. It's not like you could just go to Splish Splash Uganda. <laughs> yeah, asking a black person why they can't swim is like asking a white person why they don't run fast. You're missing a necessary resource, yeah. You know? No one's trying to shoot you. <laughs> um Let's see. I, I, I feel like um, to the extent that they have access to a television, I feel like very impoverished people um, are probably really offended by the concept of a water park. <laughs> like they spend like they walk for 10 miles just to get a bucket of water and then walk back for all of it to evaporate. And they turn on the TV and you're just fucking in a water slide <laughs> doing cannonballs. Yeah. And then someone pees in the pool and they just empty it all out and <laughs> <laughs> refill it again. It's crazy. Uh, I got to figure out a better punchline than water slide, but I'll figure it out. I um, I feel like the guy who created the water gun um, paid very close attention to the habits of 12-year-old boys. Yeah. Like the guy who created the super soaker paid very close attention to the habits of 12-year-old boys. Because I, I don't know if you noticed... <laughs> It doesn't have a regular trigger. You have to jerk it off. <laughs> like when you, when you ever whenever you watch those commercials, they're always like super sus. Like you see the kids just shoot them in the ass. <laughs> I'm like, what? And there's like a soft-spoken kid. He gets on TV. He's like, yeah, shoot him in the ass. <laughs> the one kid with his mouth open. I was like, you're gonna be wearing that fishnet tank top for a minute. Um, <laughs> See, all right, I'm gonna try this. Uh, this happened to me today. It was super funny. I uh, I feel like a lot of guys, you've had this experience where like you catch another guy also looking like like at a girl's like you know butt, right? And then you like lock eyes with each other and you're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> right? So I was uh, I was like staring at this guy today who had like these like huge triceps and I was like, damn, I'm jealous. And like this gay guy like looked at me and he was like, yeah, and I was like, wait, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not in this one, <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. 
Maybe there's a twist. Obviously, I mean, you could always do the twist where he goes like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. That's another way to tell that joke, of course. Um, uh, How many seconds do I have? Like 20? I'm out. I'm out of time. Okay, okay, okay. I had a friend recently who who, uh, they got their purse stolen. And someone went in their purse and found their car keys and then stole their car. And for her, it was a terrible day. But for that guy... What a score. <laughs> like, he, he was just like, he, he goes in the purse, he sees the keys, he clicks it, just hears a, dah, dah. he's like, oh shit. <laughs> he goes in, turns on the radio, lovely day starts playing. <laughs> All right. That's my time, guys. Peace out. Yay, Jason King. Lovely day. Lovely day. Just steal that car. Couple comedians left to keep hanging in there. You guys are being great. Clap your hands together right now for Jeff. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, Mutiny. Uh, Ian, are you from San Francisco? Okay. Anyone else from San Francisco? No? Um, well, you might not uh, recognize this, but the demographics have changed here. So um, the recent census shows that there's only 5% black people in San Francisco, 48% white, and 91% douche. Um, that doesn't count the decline to state douche, so I think that uh, number is much higher. Um, there's so few black people in San Francisco that rapping Fote, he's up in the Players Club playing dominoes all by himself, you know, crying in a champagne flute. That's for the hip-hop heads in the room. Anybody? Players Club? No? Uh, I love dispensaries. Anybody like the dispensaries? I know Pam likes the dispensaries. Yeah, you can't, can't go two blocks without hitting the dispensary. I like to try the different stuff, you know, the new things that they have. So brought home some CBD kind of topicals. Try to, you know, kind of kill some pain. Rubbed it into my feet. Ten minutes later, I said, oh, great. Now my feet paranoid, too. The, I had a 5150 my own feet. This left foot fell into a rage, uh, angry with the right foot for trying to steal a sock. So, yeah. Uh, anyone like dining outside? That seems to have pr- proliferated during the pandemic. Sidewalk dining, anybody like doing that? Yeah. I'll never do it. Yeah, not bad. I'll never do it. I always dine inside. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but the streets of San Francisco aren't exactly as charming as those of Paris, right? Um, (laughs) All right, what else? Let's see. I go to hip-hop shows every once in a while. Uh, Recently, the hip-hop artist came out and asked the crowd, uh, hey, ladies, put your hands in the air if you got that sweet pussy, which I thought was an interesting way to greet the crowd. You never, only a rapper could say that kind of shit. You know, you are never going to hear a climate scientist kick off a TED Talk that way, right? Uh, Before we get into the dangers of methane releasing from the permafrost, uh, ladies, if your pussy's hot enough to melt the polar ice caps, why don't you make some motherfucking noise, huh? Um, If I had a pussy, I think I'd want it to taste like pumpkin because I get really lonely around the holidays. If I had a pumpkin pussy, I'm pretty sure I'd have a date every night through December, you know. Pumpkin lattes, that's a connection there. Uh, let's see, I uh, went to Cal, me and my two sisters went to Cal. Um, I'm the only one, though, who got in through the affirmative action program. Um, I got the last quota slot in the white boys who want to be black category. Yeah, so that was good. They loved my essay where I talked about how sort of lonely it felt being the only white boy who wants to be black in my elementary school and how humiliating it was when everyone tried to touch my hair. My son is actually a second generation 
white boy who wants to be black. Um, he's 15 now, but he, you know, he had sort of, we let him listen to whatever music he wanted to growing up, you know, what, whatever you want. No parental controls, you know, because that shit's kind of for bitches, right? Um, anyway, so in exchange for that freedom, we said, hey, look, you got to come home and talk to us. If you don't understand something, you have to ask, right? No question's a dumb question. So I only realized what a dumb parenting philosophy that was when he came back to me and said, Dad, what's it mean to hit it from the back? Which I think is probably the best question ever asked of a father, but I practice radical honesty, so I told him. I said, son, it's, it's like when your dad is fucking your mom from behind like a dog while he's fantasizing that she's someone else. Hit it from the back. Thank you, Pam. Keep your hands clapping for Jeff, everyone. All right, we've got a couple comedians left. Keep holding in there, everyone. Your next comedian, Deshaun Pajara. Yay. Yay. Bust, it. Bust it, though, baby. Bust it. Who else? All right. Thank you. So someone died recently. Anyone know who? Anyone know who? The queen. The queen. It's really unfortunate that she died, you know? President Biden called it the end of an era. And yeah, I also would call it the end of an era. The end of an era of Her Majesty colonizing all of my people. All right, man. Literally, like, I basically think this is more of like a calls for celebration. So I'm like, night, night, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> all right, um, moving on. Uh, um. So um, I, I, I realized recently that I miss college. I really miss it, you know? Like, everything in college would be graded on a curve. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't matter how good you were doing, it wouldn't matter how good you were doing in relation to other people. So I would get a math test score back, and I would get a 52. The per but then I would be like, shit, man, I'm pretty stupid. But I'd be like, damn, maybe I'm not. I'll look at the person next to him, next to me, and he got a 46. The person behind him got a 32. So yeah, I'm not. I'm the smartest kid in the class. I'm the sharpest tool in the shed. And honestly, I just wish life were like that. I wish everything about life were like that. Don't you? Everything would be great on a curve. Think about it. Like You could walk into a bar, see a pretty girl at a bar, and be like, hey, hey girl, can I buy you a drink? She'd be like, no, I don't think you're my type. And I'd say, let's look at the curve. You got Fat Baldy over there in the corner. He's cheating on his wife. The person next to him, uh, the, the person you just made out with, he has herpes. So yeah, maybe I'm not your type, but tonight I'm Brad fucking fit, baby. <laughs> that was pretty stupid, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you guys ever heard of this um, organization called DDN? It's called the Desi Dance Network. It's actually a competitive collegiate dance team, dance teams all over, uh, all over the country. They go to like perform at different venues all across the country. And I was thinking about it, you know, like it's basically like the NCAA. I mean, the performers don't get paid and, and most of them just end up working at uh, Deloitte as consultants. Same thing, you know. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much like the NCAA at that point. But, I mean, like, okay, if you look at this organization, you'll look at the number of, like, 
Like, after their performances, there would be after parties. And at these after parties, you would have the highest number of horny Indians you will ever see in your life. Highest number of horny Indians. Except for India, of course. Because, I mean, in India, you think about it, 1.4 billion people. We didn't just get up there, uh, get those numbers by nothing. We fucked. We fucked our way up there. And, I mean, think about it. We got a high-ass population. So, you know, we fucked our way up there. But um, the, to at these after parties, there would be three types of people. There would be the pussy patrol. These people would make it their job to run around this party and make sure they fucked everything in sight. Like they would be like, "Oh, oh look at that girl! Look at that girl! Let's go up her! Let's go! Let's go fuck her!" It'd be it'd be pretty bad, but <laughs> it'd be pretty stupid. But um, then there would be like the criers. You know, there would be like the people who'd be crying for no reason. Finding any goddamn reason to cry in the club, and it'd be like, like Shreya would be crying for no reason, and I'd look at her and I'd just be like, "Shut the fuck up, Shreya! Why are you crying? Why does it matter that Raj just hooked up with your best friend? Why does it matter? Just do what you, like he's gonna do him." And then there would be the sober, sober people, aka me. But honestly, at that point, like it was just what there was just this one time I was like talking to one of my friends. He was at the event. And then he would just like he was like five four, and he the girl that he like went up to was five eleven, and like as he went up to her, like started like grinding on her, you know, he started like you know started moving around, you know, started moving around on her, he, he started like getting up on it, and then in he basically said like I was like you know don't mess around with the proportions, you know you can't fuck with that, you're literally grabbing your legs. He's like don't hate the player, hate the game, and yeah okay, that was. Uh, my last joke, all right. T-Shot Pajara, everyone. Clapping your hands together, hooray. Your next comedian, everybody, Newman Shake. Woo! What's up, guys? Uh, you guys having a good week? Yeah, I'm, I'm having a good week, I think. I, I hooked up with a white girl on Tuesday. And then two days later, the queen died. And I, I'm, I want to say I'm responsible, you know? Like, she just, like, sensed a disturbance in the force. She's like, one of my people sucking this brown's... Okay. I'm still working on that, but there's something there, I think. Things are lining up very well. Um, I know. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? I used to be a raw security guard, which you guys could tell, because you looked at me and you're like, this guy looks... Like, he protects $5 purses, you know? Like, I like working at Ross because I would steal so much shit from there. Like, my manager, she'd get mad at me. She'd be like, Newman, you're a horrible security guard. People are stealing things from here all the time. And that was all me, you know? Like, she wasn't insulting me as a security guard. She was just complimenting me as a thief. I need to work on a new joke. I've been saying that too often. What else is there? Um, I, I'm trying to get married, I think. I'm, I'm, yeah, and no, I'm, 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 I've had enough of being broke, you know. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm, I want to be like a sugar, I want to be like a sugar kid to a sugar mommy, you know. Like that's, that's what I'm looking for right now. Like I think that's, you know, I think I meet the criteria. Like I'm a lifeguard, and I feel like that's just a sexier pool boy. So that's 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 there. Um, I'm brown, which can be exotic for old white ladies. And I'm really, really desperate, you know? Like, do you know what I had for food today? A peanut butter sandwich. Like, three times, you know? That's all. 
They were just spam a meal. That's all. That's happening. Okay. And I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to date. You know, I'm on the apps. I'm on Hinge. Hinge is too wholesome for what I'm looking for, which is like sex without getting to know a person. And then t I know Tinder's for that, but Tinder's kind of scary. You know, like Tinder has made me realize what it's like to date as a woman. Because now I'm sharing my location with like my fantasy football group chat. Like that's not, it's not cool. I was on a Tinder date yesterday and I was kind of scared. So I texted my friend. I was like, yo, this girl's 5'4", but she's giving like mad 6'2 energy right now. So I'm just going to share my location just in case. And then he texted me back, pussy. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to, I'm trying to be more... Trying to be more open with my family, you know, like I'm because right now I've realized like I've hi I had a lot of things from my family. Like I can't share what makes me happy with my family anymore. Like I can call my mom and be like, you know, I'm having a really good week because I did Molly yesterday and didn't lose my car keys. You know, like that's that's not OK. We're working on that. I don't know. I'm trying to I, I'm trying to set limits on like the drugs I do. Like I realize like I'm only going to do drugs that I can do casually, you know, like you can smoke weed casually, you can drink like casually, you can't do crack casually, you know, that's not a real thing. You can't do like heroin as a hobby. It's not. Okay. I think that's all I got for today. Thank you guys. Yay. Casual crack with Newman Shea. Yay. I've been doing drugs this week too. I've had a good week too. I'm glad we're all having a good week. We have a couple comedians left. Right now, put your hands together for Akil Razdan. Yay! Hello, everyone. I'm just not on my phone. I'm setting the recorder. Uh, all right. Let me take my notes out. That's parking ticket I just got while I'm on my way here. Um, these are my notes. All right. Uh, getting into comedy after a long time. Uh, Trying out some punch down stuff. You all know what a punch down is? Ah, interesting. Uh, in comedy, you should always make fun of people who are at a higher status than you. So if you're making fun of uh, people who are at a lower uh, economic status, that's punching down. Okay. That's enough TED talk. Uh, let me start with my comedy set. I hate homeless people. Uh, I don't like homeless people. And uh, I don't think there is a better way to say it. People say, say, people experiencing homelessness. Fine. People experiencing homelessness deserve my ha hatred. How's that? You like it now? <laughs> I tried rewriting that joke multiple times, but that's the best I could come up with. I don't like homeless people. That's, I, I don't like homeless people. And let me, let me try to explain. It's, it's, it's an opinion, okay? It's an opinion. You either like it or you don't. And I don't want to say... I like homeless people, but just not in my backyard. <laughs> Nobody ever in the city council ever goes, you know what? I think I like homeless people, but I think we need to get rid of them. Nobody ever says that. You never get rid of a thing you like. So I'm just saying it. I, I don't like homeless people. Uh, nobody, nobody ever walks through a homeless camp. You know, I'm talking about the special camp, which which has that fragrance. You know, near 16th and Mission, 20, 24th and Bart. You, yeah, the, the joke is relatable. I feel it. So nobody ever walks across that camp thinking, you know what? 
I like it, bacon. No, nobody says that. You know you hate it, you just don't want to accept it. Uh, all right, this, so uh, speaking of punching down, so I don't know if this is punching down. I'm still working on this material, you know. And, and people say, it's the drugs. They are knocked out because of the drugs. So is it still punching down if they are already knocked out? It's a, it's a boxing joke, it's not even a homeless joke. All right, fuck it. I, I, you know what? I, I get what you guys uh, mean. I, I, I know it's making some of you in uncomfortable, okay? People say, don't say homeless people. Say homelessness, right? So, they're like, say homelessness. Don't say homeless people. Take the people out. That's the problem. You just said it. Take the people out. No, that's not the solution. Homelessness is pretty much nothing without the people. So it has to be homeless people. And that's why I don't like homeless people. You know what? I'll give you a reason why I don't like homeless people. This thing happened recently. What if, so punching down is when you make fun of people below your economic strata, right? What if I told you uh, I got evicted recently? Uh, my bike got stolen. And I saw a homeless guy run away with it. I called the non-emergency 911. A stripper showed up, dressed up as a cop. He's like, I'm the cop. <laughs> I started crying. I was like, my bike got stolen. Homelessness, homeless people. <laughs> my bike got stolen. He's like, I'm going to tell you two things. First, stop being a fucking wuss. <laughs> He's like, this is San Francisco. This shit happens. And I'm not even kidding. This is what the cop actually said. He said, you know, this is what's going to happen. You're probably going to fi find your bike before I do. And in case you do, don't fucking bother to call us. There is no way we are getting it. We have better, better things to do. And that's my time. I'm Raz. Thank you, everyone. Yay, Raz. He doesn't like homeless people. That's fine. Um, so I'm going to do some jokes, and then maybe Kavita will come in time. But um, So yay, me. Yay, how's everybody's Friday going? Everyone's having a really good day. I had a really uh, great day. I got finger banged by my ex-boyfriend. Yeah, proving that witchcraft is real. <laughs> it absolutely exists, you guys. That's real stuff. Uh, any other witches in here? Tiger's eye, tarot cards? No. Astrology, none of it. You don't believe in magic. You don't believe in magic. You don't believe in love. You don't believe in magic. You don't believe in candles. You don't believe in... Yeah, candles. Uh, do you know what auto-pelio erection is? Auto-pelio erection. Pelio erection is when you get goosebumps. The hair on your arms stands up. An auto-pelio erection is when you can make yourself have your own goosebumps. And a very, very small percentage of the world can actually make themselves do this. Now, I just found out about this auto-pelio erection, and I've been able to do this for years. But the crazy thing is, when I was little, I used to think God was talking to me. <laughs> Seriously, I'd give myself goosebumps, and I'd be like, God is speaking to me right now. Or, or I'd be like, 
I'd be in class and I'd think about a boy and then I'd get the thing. I'd be like, they're thinking about me back. And really it was just me giving myself goosebumps. So I've always had a really flexible mind. My mind is so flexible. It can hold many differing thoughts at the same time, which don't usually wouldn't, shouldn't jam together. Like I believe that I'm in a two and a half year relationship with my sourdough starter, Gary. And we met at the beginning of the pandemic and I talk to him all the time. And he, he sounds like Shaft. He's like, hey, hey, baby, how you doing? Like, you go big with me again? You want to heat up that oven? You gonna heat gonna, you gonna, you gonna need me up and we gonna get it done? And now he's getting angry at me because I don't take him out of the house. I can believe that I speak to babies and cats. These are all things I can believe. I have great cognitive dissonance. I believe that I actually enjoy doing stand-up. <laughs> Does that even mean ex-boyfriend finger bang did we get the memo on that that's crazy how do you get back together with ex-boyfriends just just don't how does it are you not supposed to do that okay a little just that's a little too personal i've been speaking of personal things i've been propositioned for sex 12 times in the past week Am I giving off a sex worker vibe or what? Like, what is the sex worker vibe I'm giving up? Am I, am I dressed like a sex worker? I stopped wearing bras. Is that what it is? I just decided. I was like, I'm non-binary now. I'm never shaving again and I'm never wearing a bra. And I've been propositioned for sex 12 times. And the only regret I have is that I haven't asked them how much. Because I really need a white man to value me. Like, tell me what I'm worth. Is it 150 How much for a blowjob? What do you think? I don't know. I used to be married, so I was like doing it for free. What I mean, what do we, what, Ian? What would you, if you were to pay me for a blowjob, how much would you pay me? I, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm asking. I'm asking the tallest white man in the room what I'm worth. <laughs> yeah. What would you? What would be the going rate? Do you think? <laughs> but if we. If we put if the money changed exchange hands, it wouldn't change the relationship in any way because it would be a monetary exchange. <laughs> ten bucks. He thinks I'm worth ten bucks. That's like crazy. That's the crazy thing. Uh, yeah, I'm like I have to I have to convince everybody. I actually it's the first time I'm like I don't feel like I have to convince everybody. Um, but I realize like I don't have cognitive dissonance. I know I'm a San Francisco six. That's fine. I get it. Uh, I was on the Greek islands. I was a four there. I'm a Greek islands four, but strangely an Albanian 10. That's weird. You know where, you guys know where Albania is on a map? I, I, they were thirsty for my 47 year old ass. And I was like, you are drinking seawater. You're going to, you're crazy. You're going to traffic me. A group of a gang of 26 year old Albanians were trying to like kidnap me off Scopolos and sex traffic me. And I said, why are you interested in me? Are all your women dead? And they said, no, Albanian women are very strong and very married. So I was like, I don't know what that means. Oh, American women are like weak and slutty. So I'm like a weak, what? I'm a, okay, I'm a weak prostitute. Obviously, I'm a prostitute. I'm a sex worker. That's what they think. Okay, that's what I'm going to be done talking. Uh, all right, put your hands together. for Clap for me. Thank you. Yay, it looks like there's one rib left up here too. Put your hands together for your last comedian, everybody. Kavita Singh, yay! So that the knowledge will spread. 
a few things. Okay. Um, this is so stupid. My mom, I, my parents are sexually repressed, and I know my mom is sexually repressed because I saw her using a Hitachi magic wand as a back massager. I was like, Mom, that's like using an electric toothbrush to brush your teeth, you know. Okay, okay, okay. I know, it was dumb. Um, okay, so in college for one year, I was a part of a sorority, which is for one year, okay? You know that thing that you do when you don't have a personality, so you buy your friends? I did that. But I realized that um, I didn't need to pay $600 to hate everyone around me. Mm, that's for free. Uh, so I left. But the thing that really did it was uh, this poster campaign to raise awareness for sexual assault on campus uh, that leadership started. And it had the tagline, consent is sexy. Because, like, I guess consent isn't mandatory, right? Like, as if some frat boy reading the sign was going to be like, well, I never thought about consent, but now that it's sexy, you know. No, you guys don't get it? Okay. <laughs> peddling is basically like peddling the the right thing for the wrong reasons you know I just feel like that's the same if you had a campaign for pedophiles and it was like kids are fine but adults better you know like it's just but I don't know if you're already gonna make this whole like sexual assault awareness campaign super male centric why not go all the way just be like consent equals daddy or like have a bunch of women in like a tower like harem with a guy guarding it, just being like, bitches of consent. <laughs> consent will get you laid. That's a little circuitous. I don't know. Um, I don't know where the, you know, it feels a little long, so I'm not really sure. Okay, I'll figure that out. I'll figure that one out. Um, so I moved here. I moved here a year ago. A part, part of the reason why I moved here was because of the weather, like in New York, I would get so depressed. Um, moved over here, it's sunny, it's nice. Uh, turns out depression uh, is all, uh, all year round. It's not a seasonal thing. Um, oh yeah, I, it's uh, oh yeah, so. I feel like all women nowadays are like gay. Like I just 50%, it's a toss up where everyone's gay. And I feel like I'd be ready to date. I'd be down to date women, but I'm not ready for that responsibility because right now I'm like the more put together half of my relationship with my boyfriend, which doesn't really mean much if you're dating a straight dude. Sorry guys. But it's just like, you know, I cook food. I do laundry. The fitted sheet fits on all corners of the bed. Like, these are the little things. But if I dated a woman, she'd make me, like, take my pills on time. She'd make me see a therapist. And I'm not ready for that self-improvement. You know, it's just a lot. You guys, vibe kill. Just kidding. It just means that I'm not funny. It's okay. Um, my parents, they're, they're, like, trying to arrange all of my siblings' marriages. And I'm not against arranged marriages. I think that a lot of brown parents, though, eh, not against them. I just think that a lot of brown parents will like push their sons into it so that they get their shit together, which feels kind of counterintuitive, right? It's like, look, that man is drowning. Quick, toss him a wife, you know? <laughs> and my brother is living at home, um, working under my dad. Complicated way of saying he's unemployed. 
Uh, and so attending his wedding with his wife from India was like watching a movie, you know, tears of joy streaming down her eyes before she boarded the Titanic. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Kavita Singh, everyone. Yay. Teaching us don't ever get married. Uh, yeah, you know, when I was married, my butthole never hurt. <laughs> uh, okay, you're. That's it. That's I don't even know why I said that. I had anal sex with my husband once, but he had a really small penis, so it didn't hurt at all. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's, I, not, it's okay. It, well, I didn't know, and the funny thing was, I didn't know it was small because he he was the only person I'd ever had sex with. So I I was always just I thought that's the size they were, and I didn't watch porn, and and you know. It wasn't. It was like less than six inches. But now I know. Right. Isn't that weird? It was, I know, generations, generations. It was pretty standard. I know. Well, uh, the thing was that I slept with, I, I slept with my first white guy, and I was like, oh, my God, your dick's so huge. And he was like, six inches is pretty standard. And I was like, wow, perspective. Uh, that's it for our open mic, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. And on Monday, there's Joke Workshop. And on Saturdays, we have Atlas Cafe. And I'll see everybody soon. Okay, bye. Yeah, hey, yo, my rap style swing like Willie Mays. My eyes purple haze. My solar rays are burned through shades. Rhyme grenades raise the airwaves. Cast this rap page. I glide like hovercrafts on the Everglades. Bull master with the... Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government. And it's personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes 
and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with a white interior. I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. Around in it on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. I am a total Hello, Blake. Henry. Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah, I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco.
Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission a leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff? Talk to Under. Go to SkinOnSkins.com. That's S-K-I-N-O-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. You just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather? Go see Under. Everything is handcrafted and understated quality. Fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs. He also does fixes. Maybe you love that jacket. He'll put the zipper back in. Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check him out at SkinOnSkins.com. Volunteer for the San Francisco Food Bank. The San Francisco Food Bank relies on volunteers like you to help sort, package, and distribute healthy food to people in need in San Francisco. Each year, over 22,000 people contribute thousands of hours to fighting hunger in our community. This support will enable the SF Food Bank to distribute 43.5 million pounds of food this year. Enough for 93.000 meals every day. But they can't do it without volunteers. Visit www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer. Again, www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer to find out how Contract killers have the DNA of people who are long dead. CIA agent John Clooney devises a dangerous plan to capture a shadow killer alive. Contract a hit on himself. John Wessex, The Shadow Killers, is the second book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. 
Take a psychedelic circus journey to the dark side of the moon with Bow and Arrow Presents Dark Side of the Circus, a psychedelic circus show set to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Playing for one weekend only, September 16th through 18th at Dance Mission Theater. Tickets available now at darksideofthecircus.brownpapertickets.com. Mutiny Radio listeners can get a $25 ticket with promo code MUTINY420. Bow and Arrow will see you soon on the dark side of the moon. Sorry, I like hearing my name sung to the point where I have to sing it again. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Ready to go once ready again? To go. Yes, ready to go. Uh, as promised, this is one of our August sessions. Uh, our manager is out of the country, so we want no, to be... No, no, no. Nope. We're in Change. September now. We're in September. Oh, we are. oh, right. That's right. We are in September. I complete... We're completely misaligned. Don't listen to us when we give dates. We record these in advance. But, but we are we, keeping to our promise about redoing. Yeah. We're going to do redo two of our favorite movies uh, here on Mutiny Radio. We air on Mutiny Radio. We stream first every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we follow what's really happening with Luke Sayer, so make it an afternoon. We are also a podcast, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's why we say the acronym. And we're on video right now. We, are, we uh, host as a video podcast on YouTube, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We're going to watch a movie with you. You're going to go watch the movie on YouTube and turn mute it and listen to us on our podcast. Carl, I mentioned it. This is a movie we've done twice before. What are we watching today? Surf 2, the end of the trilogy. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Not exactly. You just put in surf and then the number, number. two. And then 1984 always helps. 
1984. And the channel we like, like is called Surf King. Surf King, very appropriate. Right. Because the guy's surf. not Surf King. He's Surf King. So it's we got it. So it's S U R F number two, 1984, Surf King. Great. We want you to find that, search that on YouTube. No, find... it's 1980. Oh, it was filmed in 83. Is it 84? Oh, I don't know. I oh. have to quickly look that well, up. Let's check our notes. But definitely surf then the number two. You'll find it. You'll see two goofy white guys uh, as a screen grab. They're like my role models, Carl. I wish I looked as goofy as those guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, right, 1984. 1984. Uh, and Surf King is, is uh, the channel. So. Hit the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. We have a very special segment. We're going to introduce you to a comedian who's at the end. It's going to provide the comedian countdown. And the comedian is a celebrity, Carl. And he's with Carl. Here's Carl's comedian. Wait, let me see if I can do this. Carl, celebrity comedian countdown. Take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with Seth Ruddick. Hey. Welcome. Thank you, Carl. Happy to be here. Are you a New Jersey comedian? Do you consider yourself a New Jersey comedian? No, not quite yet. No, I'm. Uh, I still feel like an outsider. Uh, people have been very welcoming. Like I appreciate mm -hmm. that, but I still don't. I, I I don't quite fit in. You know, I'm. Yeah. No, you're from upstate New York, yeah. and then you hit town here, and you've moved to Jersey, but. Tell us about home and tell us about, you know, where is it? And also what's the comedy scene like out there? Yeah. Uh, so I'm originally from, technically I'm from Homer, New York, oh. live in Cortland, New York, um, which is like 45 minutes south of Syracuse, something like that. Uh, geographically, we're like right in the middle. Um, and as far as comedy, there's, I think, uh there's one other comedian that i can think of in Cortland, mm -hmm. um and i mean for miles that's it <laughs> so i mean there's you go to binghamton and there's a, a little scene there you go to utica there's a scene so it's a lot of you know driving it's a lot of driving on silent comes on little cat feet. It sits looking over city and harbor on silent haunches and then moves on. The fog comes on little cat feet. It sits looking over city and harbor on silent haunches and then moves on. The fog comes on little cat feet. It sits looking over city and harbor on silent haunches and then moves on. The fog comes on little cat feet. It sits looking over city and harbor on silent haunches and then moves on. The fog comes on little cat feet. It sits looking over city and harbor on silent haunches and then moves on. Comes on little cat feet. It sits looking over city and harbor on silent haunches. And then moves on. The fog 
comes a little cat's feet. It sits looking over city and harbor on silent haunches. Sits looking over city and harbor on silent haunches. So, the fog comes a little cat feet. It sits looking over city and harbor on silent haunches and moves on. The fog comes a little cat feet. Sits looking over city and harbor on silent haunches. Stop taking dope. 